You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to Soupcast, coming to you from Archaeosoup Towers. By popular demand, we're taking selected videos from the Archaeosoup back catalogue and bringing them to you as convenient podcasts. As the name implies, with Archaeosoup you get a bit of everything thrown into the pot. Archaeology, discussion, humour and debate. You can find out more at archaeosoup.com. So sit back, relax and enjoy our hearty helping of Archaeosoup. For the week of the 12th of July 2021, I am joined as ever by my wonderful and uh, hardworking co-host, Mr. Andy Brockman. Uh, good evening, Andy. Good good evening, Mark. It's been a rather hectic couple of days, hasn't it? It has indeed. It has. Uh, in fact, just before we started recording, Andy was saying uh, off screen that our ongoing watching brief, our mission to bring you the news of the week uh, in order to uh, discuss and comment on below, uh, could usefully be renamed, uh, given, given the events of the past few weeks, uh, Watching Sheffield because we are once again, folks, uh, commenting on events at Sheffield University. Ah, Sheffield, Sheffield, Sheffield. Um, we should, we should uh, I suppose, just cut to the chase and say that uh, uh, yesterday a final decision was, was announced by uh, council following uh, a conversation, I guess, that happened at Senate, following a yep. review that was recommended at, at a review level uh, to close the department, a final decision was made to essentially not challenge that the, the findings of that review, i.e. the department is set to close. Uh, I, I guess all that we really need to do at this stage is uh, step aside and let people speak. Uh, we recorded this morning an interview with uh, Umberto Alvarella and Helen Thompson, and uh, this is what they had to say. We just really wanted to give a flavour of what has happened um, to you uh, in the in, in the last two days, really? Um, and and and, uh, and first of all, Umberto, first of all, how was the um, announcement given to you to the to the members of staff of the department? We um, well, first of all, thank you very much for having us here. <clears throat> uh, we were given. Uh, 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 meet, we were offered a meeting with the vice chancellor, a video meeting with the vice chancellor, which uh, we were pleased about because in all this uh, controversy, we have never had any opportunity to talk to the vice chancellor. He never replied to our letter um, in which we highlighted some of the issues. Uh, um, uh, you know, he was uh, never. Um, you know, in contact with us in any way. So, uh, but however, uh, the way it went uh, was, uh, I mean, to say disappointed, disappointing is a euphemism because basically um, in, during the meeting, uh, our cameras were um, uh, taken off uh, and, uh, and our microphones were muted. There was no opportunity whatsoever to ask any questions. 
And uh, it reminded me of a scene for perhaps the Ceausescu regime in Romania, in which you have this guy uh, who basically for exactly, almost exactly 13 minutes provided us with uh, with the usual narrative that they repeated so many times and just said that the council had approved the proposal of the university executive board and no questions, no discussions, nothing. And there was a, a member of the vice chancellor staff, I can't remember his name now, who told us which is the number to use for kind of mental health support. And that was about it. And, and, and Helen, uh, did you, as a student body, have a similar experience? How, how, how was the decision of the council communicated to you? So we were spoken to by a guy named Rob Sykes, who's on the executive board of the university and works in grad operations and whatnot. Um, and he didn't, he didn't mute us or turn off our cameras, thankfully, but he spent most of the time being pretty combative. He was at points starting to raise his voice and he was rather condescending towards all of us as students. So we had a, we had more of a discussion. There was time for questions. We actually pushed him to go 15 minutes over time, which I think some of us were quite pleased with because we felt we deserved a much longer discussion. But um, yeah, it was, it was a very frustrating experience um, and very dismissive of how we felt about what had happened. No. And could I, I could I add another point? Would you mind very quickly? Please, please, please do. Please yes. do. Yeah. I have to say that I have experienced rudeness in my life, but this has been one of the worst. And I really, I think not only the behavior is rude, but I think we have to use the word cowardice because this is the behavior of a coward. Basically, this man couldn't look at us in the face while he was announcing that we are very likely uh, going to lose our jobs and then that he's going to destroy what uh, we have built in many, many years. He couldn't even look at us in the face. Is it just so pathetic? How can a big and important institution like the University of Sheffield be led by people of such caliber? Now, um, the university don't, or at least uh, they haven't put out a press release that we've been able to see. Um, however, uh, Professor Lavers was quoted in the BBC as saying that um, the, uh, the decision had been taken because of a difficult situation with undergraduates, um, that, this, that the university would retain its links with the community and archaeology will continue but concentrating on postgraduates like uh, Helen, who's with us. Um, how, how do you see that commitment in, in terms of your experience? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's very difficult to know where to start because this is completely surreal. I mean, so basically what they are saying is that the first they do destruction and then they do the planning, okay? In two months time, we have to start a new academic year. We don't know whether we will be in the job, whether we will have students, whether we will be teaching, 
it's just, uh, as I said, it's just surreal. Regarding, uh, regarding the, the, the other issues you mentioned, you mentioned, we have said it many times, their plan is completely ignorant. You know, they obviously don't know what they're talking about, about moving areas of our uh, teaching and research to other, um, to, to other departments. And the medical school, landscape architecture, they have absolutely no idea what archaeology means or is. And then uh, uh, yesterday, it very got worse. Um, I just thought that they were just a broken record that is repeated for a couple of months. But uh, no, now it's, uh, there is a change. But these changes just go back rather than forward. Because one before they had highlighted what they consider areas of excellence or strength, this, this expression just made me laugh. Um, now they are saying that they don't know yet what these areas of excellence are. So in two months, uh, they have reflected probably on the fact that their view of the areas of excellence basically has got no ground. I presume, and now they're saying that they have no idea. And so they will implement a strategy to think about that, you know, and in two months time, we shouldn't be supposed to start in the academy. I mean, the, the degree of incompetence is just staggering. Uh, Helen, how do you feel? I mean, on the face of it, it's a commitment to postgraduate researchers like yourself, but is, is the trust there? Is the, is the confidence there in, in that commitment? There's absolutely no trust. Um, it was pretty clear in our meeting yesterday that they, they didn't even know how many current PhD students were on leave of absence. Um, they didn't have any you know stats or numbers to back that up. They didn't even know how many of us were registered with the department. There's there's no evidence that they, they truly have put any thought into it or that they really care at all. Um, they kept insisting that they would prove us wrong and that they would support us through it, but it's, it's pretty clear there's zero trust on our behalf. Um, they've done nothing so far to show us that they will support us at all, and I would be very surprised if they if they do support us properly. And I think it's it's more in their interest now to kind of divide us up and shift us into different departments and take away the group mentality that's kind of pushing back against them, and I don't think we're going to let that happen. That sort of brings me on to perhaps the, the last part of uh, our conversation, which is, is about what happens next. But um, two things I think I'd, I'd like to uh, ask you both about again. One is that in his uh, presentation, for want of a better word, to the staff yesterday, um, Professor Lamberts uh, said that the university would be setting up a working group under the chairmanship of uh, Jill Valentine, uh, Professor Jill Valentine, the Deputy Vice-Chancellor, um, and, uh, and said that uh, it would be inviting staff and students to uh, take part in that process to shape the future of archaeology at Sheffield. Um, first of all, do you have any, do, do you, does that process hold any credibility for you and will you be cooperating with it? Umberto first. Well, credibility is not a word that can be associated with any aspect of central university management. Credibility is just zero. The fact the process is going to be led by the deputy vice 
questions and put that kind of credibility from zero to some kind of minus value, considering the absolutely absurd and out of touch, like impolite, uninformed and unprofessional way in which she has led the whole process of the review. And, and, and what obviously I'm not going to forgive very easily is how, how rude and, uh, and manipulative uh, she has been towards our students. That's something I'm not prepared to forgive. Uh, will we engage with the process? Yes, of course we will. You know, it's uh, it's um, and will we will we engage constructively? Yes, we will. Though. Uh, uh, absolutely, as we have always done. I mean, one thing that has got to be clear, and that uh, the reason why we have got to, to this point, which we are talking to you, Andy, and we are talking to the press, we are talking to our colleagues from outside the university rather than talking within the university is because university central management has absolutely refused to have any conversation with us we would have been very happy uh, to sort out things internally um, but i'm afraid they were not interested in talking to us and they refused repeatedly to talk to us and therefore we have to find another solution do they want to talk to us now uh, fine, and we will talk to them, but uh, there is a lot of damage that has been done, and it's not going to be easy for this to be undone. And, and, and Helen, will, will you, the student body, be talking, and will you be talking as a collective again, as you've been up until now? Um, yeah, so they said that they would also speak to us all individually, um, which of course, there's, there's benefits to that in terms of figuring out what we all actually need to finish, you know, postgrad-wise to finish our PhDs. Um, but there is some consensus as well that they must continue to have group meetings with us as well. I'm personally a bit concerned that they would try to make individuals happy and shift off some of the, I guess, pushback against them. So we really need both. We need both individual meetings and group meetings to keep us all together as a cohort. Um, but there, there's, there's no trust at all with the process, and particularly with the fact that Jill Valentine has been put in head of, as a head of the implementation group. Um, I know I can speak for myself, but I think most of my colleagues would agree with me. We have a lot of issues with that. Um, to be honest, we feel emotionally traumatized by her in many ways, and I don't feel comfortable sitting in meetings with her. And I haven't even been in those meetings beforehand. Um, I've only heard of what's gone on, and it's affected me that way. So I, I personally would have been a complaint that she's been put in that position. I think it's a conflict of interest. I think that somebody else should be there that does foster trust. And they really hammered home on our meeting yesterday that they wanted to prove us wrong and that they wanted to develop that trust. So if they would like to do that, then they should remove her as head of the implementation group. And um, just to finish, uh... Just before we started recording this, I was looking at the uh, press release from the University College Union uh, branch uh, press release that has gone out uh, today. Um, there is an emergency branch meeting of the UCU uh, tomorrow, I think, Umberto, if I'm right, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, how do you feel the uh, mood among staff is? Uh, is this likely to escalate now to a university-wide issue, do you think? I think so. 
uh, I think it is likely this was always on the cards. You have to bear in mind we have worked very closely with the University College Union. Our union supported us very strongly. And we also are lucky to have an excellent branch in Sheffield. The degree of support, um, just practical and also emotional, has been very, very strong. Uh, so uh, we will see. Obviously, this is a decision of the membership, so it can be decided by us. But obviously, there would be various options on the car. Um, uh, yeah. I think an escalation is likely, and uh, well, we will see, we will see how the membership will respond. But certainly, the the move is. Um, I mean, since yesterday, to be honest with you, Andy, I I can't easily get on with doing any work. I'm so completely inundated by messages coming from within the university, from the city, the country, and especially international. Of people who are just angry. I mean, the, the tone has changed in the sense that people were, there was this belief at the, uh, the beginning, um, sense of support of that. I mean, obviously, the support of the solidarity are still there, but there is anger, anger that, uh, you know, how it is possible that an act or culture of vandalism could, could be accepted in this way. I mean, if somebody goes, you know, if, if the British Museum decides, uh, its, it's committee decides that it's a good idea to deface some of the valuable statues that they have, um, the country would be up in arms. Why should we accept that, uh, you know, basically a group of self-serving individuals are going to destroy what this country has created in many decades, and which is so important for students of the past, students of the present, students of the future. I repeated what I said from the very beginning. This is an abysmal act of cultural vandalism that our country should really not accept. And, and Helen, just to just finally, uh, one of the things I think that struck us in in covering this story is the um, fact you, you you couldn't get a, a sheet of paper between the positions of the student body and the staff. You've been working very closely together on this. Do you do you see that continuing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if if anything, this process has shown me just how good our department is. You know, like it, it's it's. I, it sounds weird to say I've never been more happy to be a part of this department. I've never been more sad to be a part of the University of Sheffield. Um, we always knew the department was amazing, but it's pretty evident that we really, really support each other and care about each other. And that's not going to change, even if they try to shift us off across the university. We are, you know, we're a special place. It's, that bond isn't going to be broken. We also spoke to undergraduate student Liam Hand and earlier who has been involved heavily in the campaigning at Sheffield. And this is what Liam had to say. We're joined on the on Watching Brief also by Liam Hand, who's a third year undergraduate at, at Sheffield University. And more to the point in terms of telling the story of the fight to save the archeology span department, he's the person that 
started the very successful change.org petition, which is now standing at something over 46,000 names. All that effort, all those names, and the university still voted through the proposal to close the department, barring a few centres of excellence, which they're planning to distribute somewhere, we don't know where yet, um, in the rest of the university faculties. How, how do you feel about it in retrospect? Um, I feel that it's... Um, I feel frustrated. Um, I feel like the decision was clearly based on things that they'd already decided. Like, I feel like if they were to have had any say in changing the matter, that it would have been changed. Like, I, I know that I know the bulk of the Senate were in full support of the department. Uh, I know that the rest of uh, clearly the global outcry to support the department was massive. So it's clearly been a, we're going to ignore any advice we're given and just go ahead with what we've decided anyway. And I think that's pretty clear, but from the meetings we've had. It, it's certainly the case that if you look at the minutes for the executive board, which are the only minutes so far that have been released in terms of university discussions about this, there's no mention of the petition. There's no mention of anything really, uh, of any information other than what's contained within the review report that was actually discussed by the EB. So do you think that the, um, the university institutions were even formally made aware of the extent of support for the department outside. Do you, do you have an impression of that? I have a impression that it was um, willful ignorance to ignore it more than anything. I feel like it is something that was addressed to them by, by myself and others numerous times. I mean, I sent emails to every one of the email, any, every one of the email addresses they'd recommended we contact them through with a full list of signatures and detailing what it was and I never I, I got a um, stock response the numerous times I've done that so that should tell you everything they're not they're, they're not willing to engage or interact about it at all and so we are where we are um, how did you find out about the decision yesterday what was the, what, the uh, I gather this time that rather than um, speak to the students as a body you were spoken to by separate you know undergrads postgrads PhDs and so on um, they, right. they divided you up this time uh, how did, uh, what, 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 what were your cohort told? Um, our cohort our, my cohort was told that we would um, that it was closing that it was a decision they didn't take lightly uh-huh and that they know it's not the decision we wanted to hear, but you know, we really feel like it's going to benefit archeology span and the university. And it was just the same empty platitudes and And they would ensure the student protection plan when they were asked about the actual, how they would do that or any kind of base beyond like base empty platitudes, they could not give any answers. So it's just lip service. We were given a lot of lip service. We were fobbed off. The One of the members of the UEB was really, quite rude and a little bit aggressive to, a, to an undergraduate student who asked specific questions about if um, for P people who potentially wanted to do PhDs here in the future or would have done, but those were areas of research not being withheld within the right world group, would they be able to do, would they try and ensure we would get the same alumni discounts at York and at Leeds as they're in the same group? To which he responded that um, they would make it work within Sheffield if they could, and if not, that would be an individual conversation they would have. He refused to answer the question. Um, when she said, well, this is something that will affect multiple people, I would like, I'm asking on a public space because that means we, it, it, we know where we stand. It's not about just me, it's about everyone. He, that, at that point, got all ag aggressive and rude with her and basically shut it down. So that should give you the impression. It was a thin veil of concern, but really it was 
that we were an inconvenience. We were given half an hour. Andy left the meeting early after being snappy. Um, we were given five days notice again for a meeting, again. And I made a point at the beginning of the meeting to say half an hour is not sufficient and that they need to give us more notice than five days is unacceptable. Um, to which he said, well, we give you as much notice as we can, which is not true. Um, because they could have had a meeting with us, irrespective, after the 12th to discuss it with us. And so they should have had that meeting in place weeks ago. Obviously, if, if a member of the university was here, they would probably say that they'd obeyed all the uh, rules and codes and, and, and so on in, in uh, approaching you. And uh, obviously, you, you, would, you would probably disagree with that. Um, one thing that struck us very much um, in, in, in covering this story um, is the, and we wanted to keep uh, in, in front of our audience really, is the human elements in all this and obviously uh, people will sense your frustration and maybe even anger at the university administration from, from, from your point of view but I mean what uh, what kind of toll is it taking on your friends and colleagues and, and, and what support structures are in place either from the university or what, what are you doing yourselves to, to, to cope with this situation which is obviously unprecedented it's not what somebody goes to any university expecting. So, I mean, I had every intention of staying at Sheffield for a PhD. I'd been in discussions with this, and there was a real community here at Sheffield, and it's something that I, it's the reason I, I chose Sheffield, is that I, there were fields I wanted to go into. I came into Sheffield as a mature student, and it's essentially, I've put all the work in, done all the extra stuff, the years, for, for the rug to be pulled out from underneath me, essentially. Um, I mean, my partner's here doing a PhD, uh, we can't go I, I don't have the option to go elsewhere for the foreseeable to do a phd i'm essentially my life goes on pause now i want to continue my academic career because of them and i'm just one person there's people who have been here who've invested a decade a decade into being here with undergraduate um moving up here postgraduate phd and now they were going to do postdoc positions here who now will never get that opportunity um people who once this fully closes down your alma mater closing means that your degree inherently has less work people who are in the first their first and second years are really worried because they're like there's no way they can they can say they're going to guarantee their quality of education they can't do that because people will leave it's an empty platitude because they just they can tick a box and it's blatantly clear they do not care and the people these people are worried like about whether they're going to be able to do the modules they want to do which means which will affect what master's courses they want to do, the jobs they want to do, because they don't get the actual experience that they came here for. They, I mean, to, the, to which the university executive board member who was in my meeting just responded with, well, uh, modules get, can, get, can be um, discontinued at any point, so this is no different. Completely unsympathetic and was just, his attitude was insulting, to be perfectly honest. And um, it's... It shows the whole thing. It's the whole. It's clearly the whole university executive board does not care about us. Does not care about the. It cares about students are only useful as long as they pay money and the staff are expendable as far as they're concerned. And it's, it's disgusting to me because the the staff have been fantastic throughout the process. Been fast, fantastic anyway. And it's really hard to see these really incredible people be treated like they're disposable. It's 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 it infuriates me. I suppose the the obvious question is the university institutions have now taken the decision that they've decision uh, that, that, that they've taken regardless of you know what what you or, I, or anybody outside looking in thinks of that decision and the quality of the decision making process um, from 
your point of view and again your colleagues point of view what happens next obviously the petition is still live isn't it um i believe but are, are you looking to uh, change that or go forward with something different or or campaign in a different way what what i know it's early days but what, what do you think is likely to happen next well i mean to a certain extent at the moment people are still licking their wounds but we are in discussions about what next steps are because we aren't stopping to we're not going to just sort of lay down and take this that i can tell you um there is discussions um about talking to external bodies there are discussions about um, internal conversations and what next steps will be in terms of highlighting the issues because this isn't going to end with archaeology and this is just a trial run of a silly scheme that somebody in the ueb has decided is going to be a great buzzword they can throw around to streamline the university and we're just the reason this has gone through i'm convinced is not because it makes sense but it's because somebody decided we'd be the guinea pig and so it, there's plenty of other courses departments who will who'll be on the chopping block very soon if this goes ahead and they think they deem it to be successful which it won't be but that doesn't mean that they're going to not claim it to be they're clearly delusional so there's ne next the next steps really is trying to get the wider university to realize this is something that if they let go if they don't do something about these people now they're all they're all screwed to be quite honest and so is the university and just to finish and you obviously you've been through this experience it's not over yet but what would you, would you say to somebody in another university department say who hears that something like this might be going on at their university what what would you suggest that they do what how would you suggest that they respond respond like get on it quick get everyone get get to get to your work you need to get the get the every detail out there you need to be taking notes you need to be making sure that every every step they make they're accountable for if they're going to do approach it the way our university has because it's been abhorrent but we've been able to hold them accountable as best we can throughout that process which has given us the best chance we've had to fight it um so making sure that you know your rights as a student and staff and know that you ultimately can hold these people accountable regardless of the um, the things they try and convince you otherwise you are they are ultimately held accountable to students we are the people who can do something about their behavior because we put we, they can't be in the position they're in without us and i think that's probably a good point to finish so liam han thanks for joining us thank you so we've now heard from three people at the at the sharp end of what's been happening at at Sheffield and I think all we can say at the end of it is that they don't know what's going to happen next. We certainly don't know what's going to happen next. Um, we're waiting on the University College Union branch to have their emergency meeting tomorrow Thursday as we're recording and um, out of that will probably come some form of protest action I would, have, I, I would expect certainly Umberto seemed to be expecting that. Um, and also one has to feel for the staff and the students involved who have been presented with no plan from the university. Uh, they've taken a decision, but there's no idea how that decision is going to be implemented. Well, beyond, beyond as far as we can tell, words, if so to me. And, 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 and given, given, um, given what we've seen unfold in the past few weeks, uh, I can understand why some people don't, don't take those words as, as being... Uh, a solid guarantee of, of anything in particular. Um, 
I, with that in mind, though, I suppose, you know, judicial review and, and other stuff as possibilities may well be in the works. Obviously, we don't know. We'll keep an eye on it and we'll, we'll let you guys know as and when that may happen. But that that, that notion of, of the bitter taste left in people's mouths over the course of this leads me to ask a very simple question, and that is, is there no recourse? Is there no is there no body by by which some of this stuff might be improved for future such interactions in so, even if even if even if there's there's no uh, there's no further questioning of the actual outcome of this review process uh, we have reported on have we not in the past few weeks incidents of less than best practice shall we say uh, instances where people feel as though at the very least they have been misled shall we say again i'm being very careful in my language here um, and instances where um the the internal um the you know the, the the guidelines for best practice for example with regards to retention of minutes of meetings etc etc have not been followed to the point where actually documents may even have been possibly in error possibly with, uh, through direct request have been destroyed is there is there nothing that's going to happen to 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 at the very least improve what has been a very messy process or is this just what we have to accept now as being the way that universities are run in the united kingdom in 2021 it's it it's ugly and i can't help but wonder whether or not this can be improved we've certainly seen very strong criticism of the way the process has been run at sheffield in the same way that we've seen very strong criticism of the way the processes uh, similar processes have been run at both leicester and at chester mm. um so to that extent yes um and, and also there's another um, significant dispute ongoing at the moment at liverpool university as well mm -hmm. so i think there's no question that uh these this, these kind of disputes usually over cuts and pivots on the part of senior management teams are happening increasingly. Um, this is happening against a background where, we'll, we'll give you an example, um, at, at the online rally um, that Sheffield ran last week, mm -hmm. uh, one of the speakers was a, an expert in governance and was arguing that over the last decade in particular, uh, senior management teams in our universities have been accruing more and more power to themselves uh, at the same time as neutering scrutinizing bodies like senates so senate for example at sheffield it is said went from a body that could take votes and take binding votes on things to something that offers quotes advice to university council which mm -hmm. takes the, uh, the ultimate decisions uh, i have to say that um i had a a, a, um, a former academic at uh, Sheffield reached out to me in the week and said, look, if it's University Council, um, effectively, I'm paraphrasing here, but um, said effectively, if it's University Council they're looking to here, forget it, because University Council has always been a poodle. Um, the, the, you know, safe questions, I was a member of it once, safe questions of it uh, were, were sort of planted. And once upon a time, somebody asked a one, uh, you know, an unscripted question and people almost died of shock. <laughs> um, so, yeah, okay, that was one person's perception. But, yeah. you know, that, that is the kind of world we're in. You talked about judicial reviews and things like that. At the moment, we just don't know. People will be looking at their options. Um, that is one option. There is the Office for Students, which has a complaints procedure um, when external, uh, when internal complaints procedures have been exhausted. 
um, that is another option. We heard about it from um, uh, uh, earlier. Um, so, as I say, at the moment, we just don't know. I think what we can say is that this is a situation where people have been put under incredible stress. And even with yesterday's decision, one way or the other, you know, there's no resolution here. This is a process that's going on and on. The, the stresses on, on individuals are going on and on. Um, it is just very sad. And for anyone that cares about higher education and the all the good things it does, to see something like this happening is just really distressing. Well, this has been a... Um, uh, another bumper episode of Watching Brief. So, uh, as much as I could continue to discuss this, I'll leave it there. Um, uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, thank you for your time, Andy. And we will continue to to examine this as as, as the weeks proceed. We also do intend to have other things happening. I mean, obviously, as much as you were joking about being watching Sheffield, um, this has just been an important thing to, to if nothing else, just to, 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 to acknowledge and to chronicle as it's been happening. Because I, th I feel as though, uh, well, as uh, as someone was saying to us earlier, um, this this could this could have a, a domino effect in 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 the academic world. Um, and uh, and what happens at Sheffield potentially is a pointer for what may well happen uh, more broadly, and also frankly to other departments. It's not just archaeology. This 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 this, uh, this has been a um, this has been a uh, a case study potentially, and so that that's the reason why we've been looking at it so closely. So so watching brief will will you know there's the, the, there is a there is other stuff happening in archaeology. We do we do acknowledge that. Uh, anyway, sorry, Andy, go on. I, I, I was going to say I think. Um, yeah. A lot of all our coverage in, on, on this, I hope it's been mm. uh, driven by uh, our principle that it is in the public interest to have this stuff in the open and to discuss it and to uh, to, 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 to make the process open as open and accountable as we can help to make it in, in our role as observers and as journalists and, 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 and so on. Um, people out there watching, uh, watching the watching brief. Um, if you've got feelings about this on either side of the argument, please join the discussion below the line here. And if you have any experience or knowledge or tips about things like this that are going on elsewhere, uh, please uh, think about letting us know. There are ways to let us know in private and confidentially um, on the Pipeline website on uh, my dms are open on my twitter feed at pipeline news and i know archeo soup as well to, um, has ways of communicating so uh, we have i think ways. one of the things we have ways <laughs> no i think one i think one of the things one of the things that's come out of this is that um knowledge is important uh, but there's an old saying in journalism that um news is what somebody doesn't want you to print everything else is advertising mm. sheffield were advertising Sheffield management were advertising a proper process. And I think, you know, one of the things that the media has shown is that that process has a lot of questions to answer. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, well, we'll leave it there. Um, thank you guys for watching. Until next time, do take care. This podcast episode has been produced by the Archaeology Podcast Network in collaboration with ArcheoSoup Productions. 
Find out more podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.